Welcome, everyone. I am Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet, and I'm so pleased to be here with you tonight in the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. This is the beginning of the season, so there's a certain excitement to it. Uh, this is our the kickoff of our uh, audience engagement um, explore ballet programming for the year, and so um, we are uh, beginning the Meet the Artist interviews, which take place on Friday evenings and Sunday matinees. The Points of View programs that take place every Wednesday. Actually, we already had one of those, so we're not quite kicking off tonight. Um, and there are other programs that I want you to look for in your program. Uh, there's a section on Explore Ballet and you'll find uh, something called Ballet 201 that looks pretty fascinating. As most of you old-timers know, and for the benefit of newcomers, these audience engagement programs are recorded and can be found on the website as podcasts in the future. And so for the benefit of someone who may be listening in the future, this is Friday, January 27th, 2017. <clears throat> and this evening you'll see program one. All of that said, once again, welcome. So glad to see everyone here. And it's now my real pleasure to begin the conversation. We're going to meet this artist. And so um, may I present soloist Jennifer Stahl. Hello. I am I'm particularly pleased that Jennifer and I are going to be in conversation. I don't know if she remembers, but one of the first times I met her, we were sitting in the balcony, and you had just been given your contract. And somehow the conversation was, you know, well, do you need to sit here, or do you need to sit here? And, and I said, and what role do you have? And she said, I'm in the company. <laughs> <laughs> And that was 2005, probably. Yes. And um, time has really moved quickly. And in 2013, Jennifer was promoted to the uh, coveted role of soloist. And I was reviewing these last, how many years? 11 years. And the range of your repertoire is just stunning. It's just magnificent. And she does contemporary works, she does classic works, she does character roles, and so we're going to hear about some of that, as well as the fact that you are in alternating casts of the pieces that are on this evening's program. Um, before we move on to this evening's program, um, I've, one of my next wonderful anecdotes about Jennifer, I'm gonna let her tell you, um, being promoted to soloist, or any promotion, um, it, it kind of takes place in different ways. And, um, you know, sometimes, I don't know, maybe you see your name on the board or something, but in your case, tell us, it, it's just such a charming theater story. <laughs> uh, I was very lucky to, when I was promoted, it was after the Yuri Paskov's premiere of Rite of Spring, and I, was very honored uh, to be chosen and trusted by Yuri and Helgi to perform uh, the chosen one. And 
the Rite of Spring, and then after the show, there was a big cast party, and um, there were some cheers made to the premiere and to Yuri and the company, and then uh, and Helgi continued the cheers with giving me my promotion, which was very, very special because I was amongst my coworkers and I had my family there, and my parents, my grandmother, and my now husband. So it was very special that I could be surrounded by everyone. That and he event. can he sort of spring it on you as he's saying, congratulations, you did a great job, and by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> so um, speaking of the range of works you do and then having earned a, a soloist position, um, as I said, contemporary works and classic works and the Balanchine repertoire and um, increasingly some dramatic roles. Do you have a feeling for what may be your, the thing that you do the best or the thing that you like the best in that range? Um, it's kind of a tough question, um, but I, <clears throat> more and more I'm enjoying a bit more dramatic roles um, that I can really be fully expressive mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. um, I think I tend to feel more comfortable doing that in probably more contemporary roles. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I think it really just depends on the role because, uh, for example, Myrta and Giselle, I love dancing that role because I felt like it was very much telling a story throughout the whole second act and really setting the atmosphere and um, just walking the audience through what was happening. Um, so, All the while dancing, one of the hardest classical roles in the entire repertoire. Yes, it's yes. very challenging physically. <laughs> um, contemporary pieces, uh, I've noticed that choreographers that come to the company to set new works tend to notice you and cast you. Um, do you, how do you feel when you are a part of that first ensemble, working with a choreographer? Um, being part of a creative process is my favorite thing um, to be a part of. I, it's, there's nothing quite like it for me because you get every ounce of information that's going into the process. You get to see from the very beginning the whole evolution of maybe the concept or just where the steps are coming from and you just to have that depth of knowledge and understanding of the piece and maybe the mindset of the choreographer or just or how they have sort of changed it or just every ingredient that is going into this ballet you get to experience and know and and that only enriches or I feel it only enriches my performance so um, and also you get to be even more creative because maybe you have more input or you get to show how you're translating the information they're giving you. And it's exciting when you feel like you're actually conveying what they want or, or maybe just trying to figure out and get to the place of what's in their head. And so that challenge and is very satisfying. Um, one of the things that is that, that you're taking part in this year is the um, 
what we would call the um, encore, let's say, presentation of um, Justin Peck's, um, I have to say the name of it now. Um, In the countenance of Thank you, it's such a wonderful name. Um, because you were part of the creative process a year ago, so now it's being revived. Do you, um, no, don't let me put words in your mouth. How does it feel to, to be uh, bringing something that you were part of the creation of and to be bringing it back? And maybe there are new cast members, but you're one of the originals. Yep. <laughs> so how does that feel? <laughs> uh, it's wonderful to bring a creation back a second year because the first year it's very fresh. You there's kind of the pressure around you're delivering this ballet for the first time, um, and which is very exciting and wonderful, but to come back a year later with just the knowledge and feeling and just knowing how it feels to perform it already, you can take that into the rehearsals leading up to the second year's performances mm -hmm. and um, kind of just seeing also yourself as a dancer the second year around in the same role is, um, a fun experience mm -hmm. as well, and just being able to grow mm -hmm. in a role is wonderful, and we don't always get that opportunity, so it's, yeah. So this season you've had the opportunity of working with the choreographer Yuri Bubanichek, um, who has created technically not his very first piece for the company, because it seems to me there was a, a piece on a gala a couple years ago. Uh, but he did. Yes, but I don't believe that was created here. So it wasn't a world premiere. So he's worked with the company Possibly. now. I think it was. We can be not sure. Um, <laughs> technically, this is his first creation yes. for the company. And he okay. has a, an international reputation. I think there are some 40 pieces that are in his resume. Um, he's uh, not a super um, young person. Um, but he's still an, an emerging voice. Talk about, uh, you've had the, the gift of working with so many of the great choreographers in the world now. Talk about working with him and how creating his work was. Well, he's just recently retired as a dancer and he is a phenomenal dancer and had a really extensive, very, very successful career. Um, and so he was still showing almost every single step full out and, and is an incredible mover and very gifted uh, physically. So he, it was very challenging, I think, especially as uh, it's a large cast and our company is incredible uh, at all levels throughout um, to be able to move that way and with that amount of movement. Um, and in unison and together. So, uh, and I, I felt he was a very passionate choreographer. Um, didn't necessarily give too much background in the beginning um, for the steps, but you could, I sense that this piece was very, very meaningful to him. And, uh, he wanted the movement to come from, I think the, 
the piece was coming from his soul, and I think he wanted the movement to come from our souls. And eventually he had really said that to us. And um, yeah, so. The, the music that he chose, um, oftentimes the contemporary choreographers choose contemporary works. This is not what we'd call a contemporary piece of music. Mm. Um, it's the Rachmaninoff piano concerto, which is, mm -hmm. I mean, who can't hum that piece or identify that piece in two notes, right? You know, you hear it start and you know. And it's very emotional. So I can really imagine that he must have been trying to portray something. Um, how did you feel about evoking that music? What did that do to you? Well, it was pretty incredible to hear the orchestra join in with us uh, a couple days before the premiere and just get that volume of beautiful sound. Um, and yeah, he spoke about, right before the premiere, he spoke about like as if a photographer, they take a picture and it's not just the image that's in the picture, but the feeling that it conveys and brings out in people who see the photograph. And that was the sense, just with the movement going with the music and the music moving us and us moving through the music, just creating an overall feeling for the audience and it would be different for every person sitting out in the audience. You mentioned it's a large cast. Are there um, particularly solo roles? I noticed that you alternate in a solo role. I mean, it looks like a solo um, role. There are three principal couples and mm -hmm. um, the middle movement, there's a pas de trois and there are, I wanna say, six quarter ballet couples mm -hmm. around, mm -hmm. um, so. And you talk about emotion. Does it tell a story, or is it not a story ballet? It is not, that I know of, I, it's not a direct story. I think there is a story that I personally did not hear. I think there's, um, there is possibly for him, and I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's meant to be a literal story at all. I think it's meant to be, or at least my personal take <laughs> from it, is um, human relationships, and in a lot of different ways that is portrayed, and just so it's human emotion, human relationships. And so it's going to be up to us to mine it for the stories that we can find in it, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that you are working on this week is pretty contrasting, and that is in uh, Justin Peck's uh, In the Countenance of Kings, which was last year's piece. <clears throat> it, I think it's fair to say compare and contrast these two works, because the audiences are going to be seeing each of them, and then if they haven't already. Um, how, do, how does each one pull you in a different direction, perhaps? Um, well, In the Countenance of Kings, I think, is m much more playful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a lot more imagery, like different snapshots of 
images that mm -hmm. he wanted to give to the audience. And I know working throughout the process, he gave us a lot of imagery to go off of and showing, for example, he'd say, this is the aquarium and there's the, you're the sea, um, uh, the school of fish, and then there's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but um, just, or there's a part where it sort of looks like a video game and the position that uh, I think it'll be Isabella tonight, it sort of looks like mm -hmm. a gun and kind of hunting, but all in like a very playful mm -hmm. way. Um, and just kind of the joy of, that he found in the music and the joy of dancing and yeah, what, what is your response? Celebrating the music. Yeah, and the music is about as different from Rachmaninoff as you could want. Yes. Um, what is your, how did you feel working with a choreographer who really is just launching? Um, Justin Peck is not even 30 years old and he has already a large body of work. He's the resident choreographer at the New York City Ballet. <clears throat> um, He's, he's going somewhere, but um, talk about his voice as opposed to, for instance, another voice that will be heard, I think it's on program two, which is uh, William Forsythe. And you appear in his works too. Um, what kind of um, experience do you have in the, in the rehearsal studio between these two, the very seasoned choreographer and the young and up and coming one? I was having a conversation about this last night, actually, and uh, it was someone else had mentioned that with younger or newer choreographers, they might have a bit more of a set vision for their work um, and ideas and maybe reason um, or what they want their ballet to say. Um, and whereas with William Forsythe, he really wanted us to explore and maybe was more relaxed in that sense of kind of handing over not the responsibility, but um, the joy of kind of creating mm -hmm. and playing mm -hmm. and uh, trusting us with the movement and kind of directing, well, where are you gonna take this? And he, I felt like he was very interested in how we would translate his instructions. Uh, and, but with Justin, I find that he has a lot of inspiration, or is very inspired to push ballet forward and beyond mm -hmm. and broaden its audience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, see just where he can take it into relating to as many different types of audiences mm -hmm. as possible mm -hmm. and kind of bringing different artists together to create the, his ballets. Mm -hmm. um, and like last night, he had a premiere at New York City Ballet and um, a lot of it was in tennis shoes, if not all of it, I believe. And um, just kind of really playing around with different ways, different, yeah, different ways he mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. utilize his classical vocabulary and American style and his background of tap and uh, yeah, and I, I think 
from Bill, I just always got the sense that he just has a huge amount of respect for classical ballet, mm -hmm. so much so that he is constantly telling us, you are professionals at what you do, you are professional dancers, demonstrate that, and show the audience, like, you have been studying this your whole life, you are practicing, practicing this every day, be proud of that, and, and teach the audience and show them what we're doing. And um, I thought that was very encouraging and empowering mm -hmm. um, as a dancer and an artist. Someone like William Forsythe is, um, maybe doesn't feel he has anything to prove and just the confidence that comes with that, whereas Justin has got a statement he still wants to make. That's, that's a really interesting insight, thank you. For those of you who have come in since we started, I'm in conversation with soloist Jennifer Stahl. <clears throat> We're talking about her participation in the world premiere that you're seeing on its second or third performance tonight um, by choreographer uh, Yuri Bubenicek, and that one's called Fragile Vessels. And then the other piece that concludes the program is called In the Countenance of Kings, choreographed last year by Justin Pecks. It's a very exciting start to the season with all of this new work. Um, and then of course, tonight's opener is about as traditional as you could get, the Mozart. Um, we are just about at the point where it would be great if members of the audience had some questions they would like to ask Jennifer about uh, anything we've talked about or anything that we haven't brought up yet. So um, yes, thank you. The question is that there is a film, and you can see it on um, the company's website, I think, and probably YouTube, I don't know, um, made of a, In the Countenance of Kings. Mm -hmm. What was it like to produce that? Uh, that was awesome. I'm so happy that our company made that happen, and um, that is a film by Ezra Hurwitz, and he is a very close friend with Justin, and uh, making that film because it was, it was something new for our company, and it was great to kind of take a different setting outside the theater or the rehearsal room and try to transport that ballet into a, just a different atmosphere and um, show the joy and athleticism behind the piece and kind of give a little taste for what people would see in the theater. And yeah. almost more of a, a suitable setting for the work and for the music yeah. than the theater. Yeah, at least that, that was my impression. That was a train station in Oakland that's no longer in use. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful setting. And the way they used the lighting throughout the day was incredible. And just the team that he had um, with Talk Shop Studios. Was, yeah, it was, it was fun to be a part of that film being made because you just see uh, Ezra was a dancer himself with Miami City Ballet, so his eye for movement and catching it at the right angles and the timing and piecing it all together uh, is really a talent mm -hmm. that is kind of new in our generation a little bit, or I guess it's, there aren't so many, it's not a wide pool mm -hmm. of people, so. 
um, yeah. But rising. Yeah, thank you. Um, and do look for that on, as I said, on the website and also, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you can probably just search for it and find it. Uh, yes. This is an interesting question. Um, she's asking about articles that Jennifer might have written. Unfortunately, I do not write those articles. Um, there's another Jennifer Stahl. Um, I wish I could take the credit for all those articles, um, but we know that that's another person. We have met, she was a dancer before. We went to the same summer intensive when we were like 13 or 14 years old. Oh, how was that? Yeah, we ended up at the same place. Our name tags got switched, and, like, but, um, and we've kept in touch over the years and kind of have sent messages back and forth. Um, people send her messages about me, and people send me messages about her. Uh, so, yeah. So Sorry. watch in Point Magazine and Dance Magazine for the writer, Jennifer Stahl, yeah. knowing <laughs> that it's not our Jennifer. Yeah. Um, but thanks for clearing that up yeah. for us. Somebody else? Okay. Tell us a little bit about your background, training, how you got to San Francisco Ballet. I grew up in Southern California, and I was always very active as a child with gymnastics and ice skating, and then and some tumbling ballet at the Y when I was three. And uh, But when I was ice skating, my coach wanted me to take ballet lessons for the artistic side of my on-ice routines. And so I luckily found my teacher who became my longtime coach and trained with her. I did some competitions and at a, a Youth American Grand Prix in New York, I was invited to come to San Francisco Ballet School. And so I took the offer and loved it here. And yeah, it was... And that led you to that seat up in the balcony when yes. you said, I'm in the company. <laughs> yeah, I was very excited to stay. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, the Youth America Grand Prix has really become a thing. And many, many dance students from all over the world compete, but it's very intentionally for young students, unlike a lot of the international ballet competitions that cater to emerging professionals. Mm -hmm. And the results of the Young Youth America Grand Prix, I can never say the initials, other people just spit them out, I, um, is that students are then invited to ballet schools, the um, directors of the world's ballet companies go and talent spot, talent scout, um, and it's really become quite a, a thing. Yeah, it's a wonderful competition and program that's mm -hmm. become very successful mm -hmm. right. and it's yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity for students around the world to be recognized or just get that experience of being on mm -hmm. stage and preparing for that sort of mm -hmm. challenge and competition mm -hmm. and and then yeah hopefully the different schools or directors can then find students that would work well in their companies mm -hmm. and their styles and repertoire so we have um, about one more minute. See. 
I'm not sure I heard it. How is being I think she's married um, to a non-dancer or a um, dancer? <laughs> Uh, my husband is actually not a dancer, or not a ballet dancer. He loves to dance outside of, <laughs> just for fun. Um, but no, he's not a dancer, um, which in its own way is very wonderful to have an outside perspective and um, outside group of friends. And yeah, and then also that I can share my world here. He, is very supportive and comes and watches a lot of the programs, and so that's very meaningful to me. And yeah, pretty special. We have come to the end of our time, and our um, staff behind the curtain are busily getting ready for that uh, curtain to rise on the um, Mozart piece, um, Helgi's. I can't say the name of it. Oh, Hoffner. Uh, thank you, Hoffner. Um, the name of the music, um, which is a wonderful contrast to the other pieces that will be on this evening's program. Um, I want to reiterate that I have been in conversation with Jennifer Stahl, soloist in the company. You will see a lot of her throughout the rest of this season, which is exciting for me and for all of you, I'm sure. Be sure you go to the ballet's website to check up on what's coming along, and I know you will enjoy this evening's performance. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.